Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hold on to your butts. We are changing the course of history as we see it. That is what Wesker demands. Now this affects Iris. Um, Iris, where are you? What you feel only matters to you. I do not entertain hypotheticals. The world as it is is vexing enough. Iris, I have a tip for you. Don't take drugs! Or whatever movies with Wesley and Iris. What up? Welcome to Or Whatever Movies. I'm your co-host, Iris, and I'm here with my older brother, Wesley. Today we're talking a movie from 2023. That's very important to note because it's not the movie from 1980 or 1921, 2022, 2005, 2007, or 2008. From 2023, The Boogeyman. But you know, it is adapted from the short story by the same name from what year 1970 i'm gonna guess 1973 50 years ago wow written by whom pray tell stephen king and why is that important wes well stephen king we've reviewed a number of movies including this month we already reviewed the shining stephen king classic kind of Arguably, this one also is a Stephen King classic, kind of. But this short story was originally published in a nudie magazine so long ago that, A, there were nudie magazines, and B, that it was called The Boogeyman. Are these all Stephen King source material? No, I don't I don't think so, no. The Boogeyman is a tale as old as time. Song as old as rhyme. If he had named the Boogeyman or whatever, if the Boogeyman had been like Pennywise or something, then he could have like copyrighted it, which this ba- this Boogeyman basically is, is basically Pennywise uh, binging on fear or guilt or fear of guilt. Boogie and the Beast. Does Boogie have any relationship to boogers? I don't think so, but it seems like an unpleasant word, and it's probably because of that childhood association. But in that way, it also could be that's why it's kind of a funny, dumb word. Like a movie, a word that is not supposed to be scary. That's your poster quote, by the way. Does it have any relation to the booger? Yeah, but there is, like, because naming it is a thing now, right? Pennywise is is a is an identifiable name recognition ancient evil. And there's actually going to be, like, a modern updated sequel version where they name the boogeyman or whatever for the digital age. I guess they named it Lou. That's weird, right? Lou? His name is Lou? Like Lou Boogeyman? Well, it's, it's no, so the boogeyman 2 is going to be electric boogie Lou. No, <laughs> stop 
Okay, so The Boogeyman, 2023. Why is everyone talking about this director? He directed Host, which actually I didn't see. But The Host seems to be a well-liked horror movie. But that is not why I checked out The Boogeyman. And by he, of course, you mean Rob Savage. So why did you want to check out The Boogeyman? Because it was a modern release from 2023 that was available on Hulu and that was rated PG-13. So every year when I compile a list of horror movies for Kelly Ray to watch, I have to start off kind of easy, and I didn't really do that. But I want movies that are kind of easing her into the horror, you know, so I can set her up for Exorcist Believer. And by set her up, I mean prime her. Mm-hmm. We already discussed that the original Exorcist is not a good primer. It's just jumping into the deep end. Right. So The Boogeyman 2023, a good primer for Halloween season. Were you scared? Yes. You were scared? I, so you asked why I wanted to go into this movie. The honest answer is I wanted a creature feature. I wanted a scary monster movie that wasn't entirely CG, although I'm pretty sure that this creature was entirely CG, but it was masked enough by darkness. I was a little bit frustrated, which translated to terror on how little I could see the thing. And uh, that was both effective and kind of annoying. But that's what I wanted. I wanted atypical jump scares. I wanted to build atmosphere without gore. And I think that's what the boogeyman achieved. Okay. So you were scared. A couple of jump scares in there. You know, you're peering into the closet. And so that I was constantly, there were some weird low angle shots where I was like, it's right behind her. And it wasn't. And then when it was right behind her, you could all you could see was the subtlest shift in shadows. And he didn't overplay it and didn't make it cheesy. I mean, there was some there was some wonkiness for sure, but it was interesting to me. Interesting scares. Maybe that's the poster quote. And, and the times that it did lapse into the, were the, the tired tropes. I was like, no, can we not do the dour pop music high school angst thing with these awful kids or whatever? And the one, the girl that's her friend and still gets invited over after shoving her into her into the locker and ruins her mom's dress or whatever. And so they set up. A lot. And Kelly Ray maintains that every single one of those friends, including Aquafina, was set up only so that they could lock her in the closet later. First of all, that's racist. And second of all, they didn't do it. They couldn't get the door open. That's what they say. But what purpose did that group of friends taking up valuable movie time serve other than to achieve that moment? Right. The boogeyman could have at least picked them off one by one. Because they didn't save her. None of them, including Aquafina, came to her aid or anything. And I get it. It seems like that's racist, but I'm using Aquafina as a connection to our other noteworthy star in this movie, and that's Lester Billings, the David Dalsmalchian character. I'm going to argue that he is the Aquafina of modern horror movies. <laughs> what? Wait, what? Because that dude dips in and out of horror movies at will and, like, is there and you're like, I recognize that dude. He's going to play an important... Oh, he's dead. Nope. He showed up in the last voyage of the Demeter, which is what we're officially calling it now. He was in the. He did the same thing in The Dark Knight and he, he's just there for a blip and shows up unannounced and he is the Aquafina of horror. <laughs> and the original character from The Boogeyman, the Stephen King short story. Yes. 
So interesting to note that the short story is worth reading on its own, albeit, you know, a 50 years old, early, very early Stephen King story. You can read it and we won't provide spoilers here, except that while David Dasmashian plays the Lester Billings character, it's not, it doesn't follow that story necessarily. I mean, kind of. It's just that that story plays a very small part in this overall story. Right. So I get that it's a reverse reference, but the boogeyman is very much in the smile territory where Lester brings the boogeyman into the Harper house. Yes. And thus, I think Sawyer and Sadie bring the boogeyman to the therapist, right? Hmm. Sadie closing the door on the boogeyman is obviously symbolic, but also maybe just like, hey, not now, not until your cue. Wait until I'm out the door. When she passes it on, it follows style. Uh Uh-huh. It follows or smile style. Yeah. I I like this kind of story. I like this undefinable, at least for most of the movie, ancient evil. I'm a sucker for glowy eyes in the dark. I'm a sucker for, you know, decent enough jump scares, but rather the dread preceding the jump scare. And you think it's going to come now and then it doesn't come. And then when it comes, when it bursts through her bedroom door and goes into her mouth, you're like, whoa, you know, it's pretty effective in that way. I like the idea of Stephen King's ancient evil that's been around for forever. So now, and and I'm sure that Pennywise bears some debt to the Boogeyman short story. What is the Boogeyman actually doing with her mouth? Her? Are we going with the Boogeyman's a she? That's crazy. Is it a Boogie Woman? No. <laughs> oh, you no. mean Sadie's mouth. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's pretty. Woman. It's, it's, it's pretty ambiguous. It is feeding, presumably. There's a lot of threads that this movie sets up. And, and you think you're like, oh, we're establishing what's happening in this movie. And, and it's going to pay off later. But they drop a lot of them. The only thread that this movie doesn't really drop is the thread with the tooth on the end of it that he, I have to assume, puts into her mouth via that thing because she wakes up coughing. It was a dream sequence, right? I mean, obviously she opens the door to her bedroom so it hadn't been knocked down by the thing and she wasn't throat raped by the boogeyman. But then the, the only real, like, what's the real evidence that this thing existed for most of the movie? That it wasn't in her head, that it wasn't like a psychological trauma that they were all suffering, a, 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 you know, a trauma-induced mass hallucination, was the tooth on the string. The, that was yep. the first thing. Because otherwise, it could be theorized because these children are steeped in trauma. Uh, Sawyer's never coming out of it. The, the video game attack, like no matter, you can beat it, beat the, the demon all you want or whatever, or banish it or transfer it to someone else. But she's messed up, man. The mom and then the dad being abducted in front of her and then being crashed around the, the game room. Yeah, she's literally thrown into the TV. And like Pennywise, the boogeyman, strangely ineffectual at killing kids. Well, the wife, Lester Billings, Mrs. Billings says that they like he likes to play with his prey and then he gets hungry and then he feeds. Sarah Connor? Yeah, with the very ineffective candle scheme. Oh, God. Like, if you're going to light, like, a thousand candles, just burn the house down. Like, what exactly are you doing or achieving if the boogeyman can just... (sighs) And blow them all out. Dude, spoiler. That's exactly what they do. Stephen King style, the Overlook style. Spoiler. Oh, you're talking about burn it down. Burn it down. (laughs) Um, well, she should have. She that's what she should have done is just burn down the house because apparently fire is very effective at killing the boogeyman. So if the boogeyman is in the house, then then burn the house. 
And also, can everyone please just turn on their cell phone lights? I mean, Dude. really, how hard is it? How hard? Get a flashlight. Get some glow sticks. Turn on the cell phone light, the floodlights, the generator lights, the electric lights. This is because you're married to a dude. The reason we don't care about Sarah Connor, Scara Connor, is because she's old and this has to be about the kids or whatever so she can die. But the reason the boogeyman is about women is because dudes would never let it go down like this. If their dad wasn't such a broken shell of a man, like because dudes give each other gifts and 80% of the time, it's either a knife or a flashlight. And dudes have <laughs> flashlights all the time. These people, I'm getting the whole family flashlights for Christmas. Brian's got a mag light in the side bed. He's got a mini mag light in his bathroom drawer. He's got a slew of flashlights in the car. I like flashlights. I'm not, I'm not flashlightless. Dudes carry flashlights. And when there are no women around, what happens to the rest of the house? They leave the lights on everywhere they go? No, it's all dark all the time if dudes are around. And so they had to live in the house with the dad where it was his house, his rules, and they had no lights on anywhere. It's opposite around here. I, I perpetually follow Brian around the house turning off lights. But if we had a boogeyman, I'd be like, yeah, leave the lights on. Cool. Right? Yes. You know why dudes don't turn on any lights? Most dudes, not Brian. Why? So they can use their flashlights. So oh. it would have been a lot easier to ward it off because Sawyer warded it off with the ineffectual hairspray and the worst, cheapest budget Christmas lights I've ever seen. It was worse than the light in the in the therapist's office, which actually brought the thing out. The blinky red light. Oh. But if you're going to wrap yourself in Christmas lights, stay near the plug. Like, why is she walking around? She was walking around until she knocked the thing off or whatever and, and unleashed the paint thinner or the gasoline that they had on their countertop or whatever. <sighs> I'm just saying there was a very simple solution to the problem that was posed in the boogeyman. It's true. And also, nobody is screaming. When that thing bursts out of the closet and flips up the carpet, as a kid, your responsibility is to scream your bloody head off. Right. Just sit on the bed and scream. How many tricks can your mind play on you? How many times do you see something that's crazy and be like, ah, it must be my mind? Also, where was dad half the time? He was a broken man. He was in therapy or I thought that he was donning the boogie mask and running around. Oh, that would have that might have been an interest more interesting movie. I mean, you kind of thought that Chris Messina was going to be the bad guy, right? Yeah, didn't you kind of get that feeling? I mean, I have a bad taste in my mouth from Air, the Ben Affleck movie. He was basically the villain of Air, but then he kind of came around and was like a poor man's Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, you love hard ass agents. I do. Ruthless, cutthroat, maim, rape and pillage for you agents. Is that a Jerry Maguire reference or yep. is that a sh the big short? Well, both. You love those type of dudes. I just like dudes being broy. Why didn't she? Why did she? She saw scary stuff and then like hung up the phone with with her friend. Why would you hang up the phone <laughs> in the middle of the scary uh -huh. stuff? She was like, yeah, I got to go. I got to go see about something. Yeah, it was weird. So it was weird or you were scared and you liked it? No, it, I, I was scared, I, but I do think it dropped the ball. Ah, get it, drop the ball, the moon ball, no? In mm. in the second half. Because the, the friends evaporated, including the quote-unquote good friend that was supposed to help her. And, and when's the last time we hung out? And yeah, I expected her to save them or something or add some assistance. 
Yeah. The mom was going to save them, and I, the mom got reduced to the Zippo flame or whatever, which I guess was the light in their dark dad doesn't want to pay the electricity bill world. But all that stuff kind of just went away. Did the mom save them? I mean, not really. If anybody saved them, it was Sawyer with her hairspray, hmm. which is a trope that's been around for probably as long as this story. The aerosol hairspray combined with the lighter. I, th I thought they didn't sell aerosol hairspray anymore. Like, doesn't it hurt our ozone or something? This is a 50-year-old story. It has to work. <laughs> Dance moms definitely claim that Aquanet is the best hairspray. Yeah, I'm sure. Doesn't it also eliminate free radicals? You say that ironically because you don't believe in free radicals. I don't even know what they are. There should be a free radical horror movie where yeah. it's like Attack of the Killer Free Radicals or like Attack of the Gluten or something. That'd really scare Hollywood. Did you hear about this hippo recently that ate its owner or handler? No. Yeah, a hippo, I forget where it was exactly, sorry, was raised from a puppy or whatever hippos are, <laughs> like from hand feeding age to adulthood what? by this owner who loved it and it loved and eventually got too big so it was released into the river and the man would go and visit the hippo and then was visiting the hippo and the hippo was like f you and like ate the dude like crushed him to death and bit him did he actually eat him like yeah well him? i think he, he definitely bit him i'm not sure if he consumed his remains or if there were other people around but the hippo that he had raised from birth crushed him to death with his jaws because hippos are assholes because wild animals things they they simply do not care the the boogeyman it didn't matter the source of the you know the if the trauma was justifiable it would equal opportunity kill scara connor as it would the baby in the crib who was the most innocent you know what I mean? And it did that, even though that probably wasn't well-seasoned food because the, the baby didn't feel, I guess it felt fear, but it didn't feel grief or anything, just to set up to make her parents more seasoned, just to set up the grieving parents. That's a jerk move. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the boogeyman ostensibly wasn't really even interested in the baby other than the baby's effect on the parents, losing the baby. That's messed up. You called them calves, by the way. Calves, the baby hippos. A baby hippo is a cow. Yeah, they're kind of cow-like. Yeah, or whatever movies is nothing if not scientifically accurate. We, we eventually come around, right, with the facts? They're not violent, though. The most they do is wiggle their ears on the Jungle Cruise. Right. And blow bubbles. But that's when the tour guide pulls out the gun. At the hippo scene? Yeah, that's it. He's got the gun on his hip the whole time, he or she, and only goes for it when the hippo starts wiggling. <laughs> Uh, I mean, they're pretty big. And then you're so so you're in the dark and you're trying to navigate. And what is the key? Uh, how do you know that the boogeyman is coming or its presence is it can be felt? The door suddenly opens and it's like. Yeah. But like when it's like like jet black. I, there's some scampering. Yeah, you can hear it. Yeah, and it talks too. It like can assume people's voices, and it kind of has that whispery, echoey voice. So was Scara Connor doing Sadie a favor by firing a shotgun right next to her head? Because if she can't hear the boogeyman coming, she's not afraid of it. I mean, if the boogeyman can be shot. And it was. Like, but it was just playing. It, was, it wasn't really her. So it got, it got hit by the shells that it triggered from, from the tripwires. And then I was, she, she like came out with her shotgun and I was like, shoot it. And then she shot it, I think twice. And I was then satisfied. Like, ah, she got, nope. And then it ate her. <laughs> it sure did. I think it was just messing with her. I don't think that it can actually be wounded in that way. 
Well, we we saw blood coming out of its head. It was spreading across the floor. And then Sadie, didn't she take a hockey stick and was like, we can hurt it. Let's go. <laughs> That's true. She was going to like Wendy Torrance assault it. Yep. In the basement and like send it down the stairs. Right. When the basement lights don't work, you just don't go down there. That's literally what Kelly Ray said. I mean, because that's logical and it makes sense. <laughs> right? I'm not sure if you can tell, but I thought the boogeyman was a big, fat, boring. Really? Like it wasn't yeah. scary or you weren't like jumpy from it? You got two little girls in junk and the boogeyman could have grabbed Paloma and like swung her around and crashed her into the TV? Uh, <laughs> I wasn't projecting my daughters onto these girls now. And I would think that my daughters would be just, you know, they would be a little bit smarter and more employ employ more common sense when dealing with the boogeyman. Yeah, Bean Bean would have been like, turn on the flashlight, mommy. <laughs> right? They would have raised hell. They would have been like, ah! <laughs> and like running around and like, I'm not going in there. I'd be like, yeah, I know. We're out of here. Plus, they've got mirror slidey door closets. So do you think the, the boogeyman was intended for kids? Did it target its PG-13 audience? Yeah, this whole concept is just kind of strange. This the idea of a PG thirteen horror film. Like, who exactly are you going for? And you can't go all the way. But you know, was Barbarian an R? Yes. I'm gonna look it up. It was, yeah. But for what? Uh, swinging zombie boobs. <laughs> Nudity. Oh man, such a good movie. I mean, and graphic horror. I mean, Pennywise got trashed in that movie. Anyway, to answer your question, yeah, I think that it was for perhaps a younger audience. This movie is in the way back territory where it's like, if it's the only scary movie you've ever seen, then yeah, maybe it's kind of scary. But when you've seen any number of horror films, you realize just how completely generic this is. As weird as the moon ball was, I think that it was effective. The thing under the bed, which was obvious, was scary. And the thing in the closet, which was obvious, was scary. And the thing behind her was scary. And it gave me chills. And unexpectedly, the weird thing, I think this was the loss of control in me that freaks me out when the thing was, I was like, no, 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 no. And the light kept getting darker and darker and we'd only get flashes and we were storytelling through the flashes with Sawyer's eyes and the freaking thing in the closet and stuff. It was scary, man. Simple, very simple creature feature horror monster is in the house kind of thing that I like also because I'm old. But then I did some real digging and I uncovered the mystery. In the real life, there's an actual boogeyman masquerading as something that's familiar to you. And I think that's where the real horror lies. How so? The boogeyman is Disney. Please sponsor us. In a Hulu mask. Because Disney is all like, we're Disney. and dun, 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 dun. Did you, Didn't your ears prick up when he sang Bare Necessities from the Jungle Book? Yeah, I wasn't really a big Jungle Book fan. But still, I was like, whoa, whoa, no, that's copyright. That's Disney. How did you get away with that? So I looked it up, and Hulu has been owned by Disney since 2019. Yeah. This movie produced by Disney. This horror movie, by the way. And you're like, oh, that, well, that kind of works because it's almost a Disney Plus movie. And plus it's PG-13 or whatever, and and, and the, nothing really happens. There's no gore. This is, it seems like a perfect Disney entry-level horror movie, right? This is a Hulu original? Yeah. So they asked the director, Mr. Savage, what's his first name? Rob. 
They said, Rob, if you if if it were, they knew from the start because this movie was produced by Disney that it was going to be PG thirteen. And so an interviewer asked him if you had did have the R, what would you have done? He said, Oh, they would have sworn more, more swearing. And then also when dad has his broken ankle, when the thing can't even kill the dad in the basement, even though he's been there for like a half an hour, they he would have shown the bone in the broken ankle. And that would have been him flexing his R rating. A bone sticking out? Yeah. And more swearing. They did exactly what they wanted to do, which is what ex- what Disney exactly wanted to do. And you're like, oh, Disney is in the horror movie game, just hiding behind Hulu, where they don't have to put it on Disney+. Plus. Except, you know what else Disney produced? Haunted Mansion? The, afore- <laughs> that, the aforementioned Barbarian. Wait, what? Yep. And if that isn't Disney wearing a Hulu mask, being the real-life boogeyman, I don't know what is. Barbarians, such a scary movie, our discussion for which is available at orwhatevermovies.com. I don't understand. So Barbarian was a Hulu original? Barbarian showed up on Max first. I do know that it was produced by Disney in a roundabout sort of way, but maybe it was so terrifying. And Barbarian has achieved some cult status because of word of mouth, whereas The Boogeyman was always intended to be a Hulu original. Go straight to Hulu a la Prey, and then they test screened it, and it went over so well. Don't ask me what the demo was for that audience space. I'm not really sure. But it tested so well that they were like, now let's do the theatrical release. And so we're discussing it based on its release eventually on Hulu. But I think I'm gonna still going to go with it. It was really effective for me and atmospheric and scary and dark where I couldn't trust my own eyes or my own senses. And I found that horrifying. But it was masterminded by the Mouse House, which is freaky to me. But it just seems weird that the Disney orchestrated this from the beginning and they can do the swearing and all the like murdering babies and crashing little girls into into TVs and Barbarian just seems like the, the opposite of Disney movies entirely. Oh, I'm still kind of like trying to figure this out. Like See? how shocking. So what do you think about this difference between horror and terror that one is based on realistic things that you can explain, whereas one is based on, for lack of a better term, unrealistic or unnatural things, the supernatural that cannot be explained. Is that the distinction in those synonyms? Supposedly, according to according to some Dracula scholars, yes. Hit me again. The difference between horror and terror is that one is natural and can be explained and one is unnatural and can't be explained. You find something horrifying, but it's based in reality and you're terrified by something because of its alienness. Yeah. Uh, I And the fact that you can't explain it. And sometimes they blur the lines, which is what is what makes a character like Dracula so effective because it is an unnatural thing in the form of something natural that you think you can understand, but is ultimately supernatural. I don't have I don't really make a clear distinction on either, except that what you're presenting to me, whether fantastical or grounded in reality, has to follow through and make sense. You can't just be like, that was totally random. And it was scary because you didn't know what was happening because it was totally random and defied explanation. Those things frustrate me. And so the boogeyman didn't feel like, ah, that was kind of wonky, which I guess lends itself to the idea of terror. But of course, all of our, a lot of the horror movies that we watch are fantastical. You know, all the, the Draculas and all that stuff. 
And I got no problem with that or alien sci-fi and all that stuff, as long as it, it all makes sense and feels real. Because if it's not real, it's a cheat. And if it's a cheat, all movies are inherently cheats. But if it feels like a cheat, like you're underestimating your audience, then it feels like you're, it's demeaning. And I need to feel respected as an audience member. Well, I, what I love about supernatural thriller or horror films is that humans rise to the occasion and use ultimately their humanness to defeat the supernatural, right? It's whether it's love or it's courage or it's um, or they outwit the monster, right? They they overcome the unnatural with their humanness. And I felt like there was no real outsmarting the boogeyman. They don't overcome this terror. They simply kind of mute it for a bit and otherwise behave really irrationally, like so irrationally and so impractically that I found the boogeyman to be frustrating. I felt like this was a simple monster that could have been defeated in simple ways, except where it broke its own rules and made the jump scares and the little scares that it did have feel unearned. The boogeyman felt unearned to me. Man, well, what's more human and what rising up and defeating it is more cheer worthy than Aquanet? That's how they defeated it. It's fine. Um, they're go get go to Home Depot and get a blowtorch. I mean, if you know what it is, you don't need to cobble together some makeshift weapon. I get it, but this isn't Sawyer and Sadie find their happiness. Or whatever. This is the boogeyman. It's about the boogeyman. And he, by his very boogeyness, deserves the title. By its boogeyness. In, in a way, it feels like an old story. And isn't it scarier that it isn't defeated? That it just hibernates for 27 years or whatever? And it's an evil as old as time? Isn't, that, isn't there something in there? Or is it a monster that inexplicably shows up and they're like, they're like, burn it, and they kill it, and the monster dies, and then the movie's over? Like, what do you want? I mean, I agree that it's more interesting and primal somehow, but it's also been done much more effectively in the It franchise. I'm not jamming with the boogeyman. I can't get behind it. Critics praise the jump scares. They point out the performances from uh, Sophie Thatcher and Chris Messina, even Vivian Lyra Blair to a certain extent, and I found it all, all of it pretty flat i've got lights in my closets and flashlights in every drawer do you know another thing is that the moon globe the moon ball thing was a last minute replacement which might have been tipping its hand too much do you know what the original light device was uh no but we do have a moon ball too a janky off-brand lightsaber that was supposed to flicker <laughs> and sputter out when when she tried to use it on the boogeyman disney is coming for us man and then Disney was like, nope, too obvious. Also, because Vivian, what's her name, played little Leia in Obi-Wan Kenobi. But all, but Disney didn't want Leia, Princess Leia, to have an ineffective lightsaber. So they nixed that idea. I mean, hey, that makes sense. And instead gave her a rebel moon. Ah. Uh... I'm going with an all right, man. I'm going with an all right. And there's nothing you can do to stop me. So we got an indefensible all right from Wes and a big fat capital B boring from Iris. That's our discussion on capital B boogeyman. We hope you enjoy some of our other reviews. We have three other years of Halloween programming, 200 plus episodes at orwhatevermovies.com or wherever you get podcasts. We hope you enjoyed this discussion on the boogeyman and we'll see you next time. 
Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electrocast Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Electric acid.